You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We are starting a new series called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. And uh, this series is actually inspired by a book that Pastor Andy Stanley wrote by the same name. So you might want to jump on Amazon and grab a copy of that book. It'd be a great book for you to start the new year off reading. Uh, There's one thing that I, I know we all have in common today in this room, all different walks of life. We're all from different places and different walks of, of life and different uh, phases of our spiritual growth. But there's one thing that I know we all have in common today. We all have regrets, don't we? Come on, as you think back about this past year, maybe as you're thinking about some of your New Year's resolutions, some of your goals, do you have any regrets from last year? Like maybe not making it to the gym quite as often as you thought you would, or not kicking that bad habit that you thought you would have kicked, or, you know, pretty much blowing your New Year's resolutions by, I don't know, like the third week of January last year. Any regrets? I think we all have some regrets. It's one thing we all have in common. As I was thinking about some of my life regrets this past week, it's crazy what pops into your head when you think about your life regrets. Here's what I thought about. I actually regret, I actually regret quitting one of my part-time jobs in college. It was the only time I ever quit a job without giving two weeks notice. I was working at a grocery store called HEB when I was in Bible college in Texas. And I had this manager who was kind of a jerk and he wasn't giving me many hours. And, and I just called him one day and said, I'm not coming in. I still regret that to this day. Only time of all the part-time jobs I ever worked that I quit without giving notice. That just popped in my head immediately. I regret entrusting my binder full of Michael Jordan basketball cards to my little brother when I got disinterested in basketball cards in high school because he gave them away to a friend of his. And those cards pretty much could have financed my kids' college education now. Sorry, kids. (laughs) My gosh, what was he thinking? I still regret that. I regret destroying my parents' wedding china. Um, Yeah, me and my Older brother, Jeff, we were throwing the football in the house one day, and my mom had one rule about throwing the football in the house, don't throw the football in the house. And we knocked over their curio and watched as their wedding china was destroyed. And because we were too old to be put up for adoption, they forgave us, but I still regret that to this day. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing about those regrets. Behind every one of those regrets was a bad decision that I made. Behind every one of those regrets was a bad decision. And there's something else that we all have in common today. And that is that every one of us, we've all made our bad decisions. We are the architect behind every bad decision we've ever made. We like to point the finger at other people. It's human nature to kind of blame someone else. But the reality is we all talked ourselves into every bad decision that we've ever made. Now it's been said that we make our decisions and our decisions make us. I think that's true in many ways. Our lives are a reflection of the decisions that we've made. And so no matter what your goals or your New New Year's resolutions are this year, I want to give you two things to start this new year off that are going to help you out. Two things that will help you become a better version of yourself. And let's just call it what it really is. For Christians, that means to grow spiritually. And I guarantee if you grow spiritually, it's going to impact every area of your life. Your relationships, your marriage, if you're married, your finances, your physical health. I want to give you just two things that we're going to prioritize together as a church family this year. Here's the first one. Making Better decisions, read wiser decisions, making wiser decisions and prayer. 
Those two things, just two simple things. Let these infuse all of your other goals. I think it is good to set some goals for the new year. These two practices I really believe can impact every area of your life. First of all, making better decisions. If you commit yourself to making wiser, better, God-honoring decisions in your life, I promise you, this time next year, you're gonna be better off. I can't promise you that all of your circumstances are gonna change. I can't promise you that you're not gonna go through anything difficult, but I promise you, if you make wiser decisions, your life is gonna be healthier and stronger. Can I get an amen, somebody? Making wiser decisions. Then let me give you something else. It's number two, but it should really be number one. But number two will help you do number one. Commit yourself to prayer. This is why we're, we're prioritizing 21 days of prayer because nothing will help you grow spiritually like prioritizing a daily habit of prayer. And I promise you, if you get committed to praying on a regular basis, you're gonna make better decisions. Have any of you ever found yourself saying, man, I wish I would have prayed less about that big decision I made? You know, because I just make such better decisions when I do it all on my own without God's help. Have you ever said that before? (laughs) No, you have never said that before. I promise you, if you pray more, you will make better and wiser, more God-honoring decisions. Now, one of the things that I've learned over the years, learning from mistakes of life, is that I often make better decisions when I ask better questions. Come on, when we ask better questions, we tend to make better decisions. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to do in this series is we're going to learn a few simple questions that can help us make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. Come on, how many of you want to have less regrets this time next year when you look back over the year to know that you lived with wisdom, right, that you made better decisions? And so if we learn to ask better questions, we'll live with fewer regrets. So today we're going to talk about integrity, and I want to give you this question up front. It's called the integrity question, and here it is. It's this, am I being honest with myself, really? You got to add that really part. Am I being honest with myself, really? We're going to come back and talk about that in just a moment. Now, some of you may remember back in June of 2021, there was a tragedy that happened when uh, a 12-story condo building in Surfside, Florida collapsed. You remember that? It's a condo known as the the Champlain Towers. And in 11 seconds, 55 of 136 units were destroyed. It happened about 1.30 a.m. in the middle of the night. And so tragically, about 98 people died. It was terrible. 98 people lost their lives in this tragic collapse of this building. What's even more tragic is that this tragedy was preventable. In 2018, there was an engineering study that was done on the building, and it warned that there were some problems with the structural integrity of the building. Structural integrity. Now, this is an engineering term, right? And it refers to a structure's ability to bear weight and to, uh, to, to withstand a certain amount of pressure without collapsing. There was a problem with the building's structural integrity that led to its collapse. And see, here's the thing with, with, with a building collapse. When there's a building collapse, when, when one part of a building collapses, it affects other parts of the building because the load that that part was carrying is transferred to other parts of the building that weren't meant to carry that load. Here's the idea. The failure of one part is transferred to another. The failure of one part is transferred to another. And guess what, folks? That's how integrity works in our lives. The failure of one area of integrity of our lives infects affects other areas of our lives. When we, when we begin to compromise in one area of our life, it can affect you know, other areas of our lives. 
And so you find yourself being a little bit dishonest in your communication, maybe at work. Next thing you know, you're being dishonest with the people that you're closest to that you love. You know, you find yourself being a little bit dishonest on your taxes. Next thing you know, you're being dishonest in business. You find yourself compromising in your digital sexual integrity. Next thing you know, you're compromising in your real physical world sexual integrity. Come on, this, this matters. If you have a compromise in integrity in one area of your life, it can affect another area of, of your life. This, this is so important. And this is why the writer of Proverbs chapter 11 said this. Look at this, Proverbs 11, verse 3. It says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Think about that. Integrity literally strengthens your life. It guides you. It reinforces you. It protects you when you live a life of integrity, when you make choices that that reflect integrity. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. By by not living a life of integrity, it ends up affecting other areas of your life. And that's what happens. You end up making enough decisions that, that weaken your integrity, and it can affect the people around you. It can affect your life. It can affect your friends, your family, your coworkers, your, your loved ones. Now, let's take a moment to define integrity. I've heard it, integrity defined a lot of different ways. Um, I've heard it defined as what you do when no one is looking. How many of you heard that before? I think that's a good definition. Another definition of integrity that I heard is self-leadership the ability to lead yourself. How many of you know the most difficult person to lead is yourself? I've discovered after years of leadership that I'm the most difficult person to lead in my life. If you can lead yourself, you're probably a person of of integrity. But for the purposes of today's message, let's define it this way. Integrity is when your decisions align with your values. When your decisions align with your values. You see, the challenge is that often we say we value something, but the decisions that we make don't always line up with what we say we value. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like, we'll say, I really value my health, but then we'll sit down and make the decision to open up a bag of chips and eat it all at one time. <laughs> Am I with me, right? We'll say we, we value our financial health, but then we'll make a, a you know, spur-of-the-moment decision and splurge on some item that we really can't afford. We say that we value the environment, then we decide not to recycle. Hello, there's a lot of different things we say that we value, but do our decisions line up with them? This is integrity, when, you're, when your decisions align with your values. Now, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that integrity, that, that uh, integrity means perfection, okay? We're not talking about perfection here. In fact, integrity is often admitting it when we do mess up. Integrity often entails admitting when we have made a mistake, when we mess up. And so a good way to think about integrity is living with what we might call an integrated life. An integrated life. See, the word integrity comes from the Latin word integer. You know that word integer? It means one or whole or complete. And so here's the idea. As a follower of Jesus, to live an integrated life means that I strive to honor God with every part of my life. It means that my life is not compartmentalized. There's not my spiritual life, my social life, my career life, my sex life, my whatever. No, no. Every part belongs to God. There's not just Sunday morning. Christianity is something I do for on Sunday morning for one hour and the other days are different. No, no. It's holistic. Everything belongs to God. Every part of my life. It's all integrated. It's all integrated. For example, tomorrow on Monday, if you were in traffic and there was some jerk in front of you in traffic who cut you off and then gave you the finger and then you pulled up next to him and you looked in the window and it was me, you wouldn't say, oh, it's Pastor Jeremy. Oh, but it's okay. It's Monday. It's not Sunday. 
he's my pastor on Sunday, but on Monday, he's just a person. No, no, no. You would expect me to be Pastor Jeremy on Monday, just like I am on Sunday. Are you with me, right? So this is an integrated life. Come on, let's be honest in church this morning, people. You came to church on New Year's. Let's get right with Jesus. Hello, somebody. And so an integrated life is to every, every part of my life belongs to God. It's holistic to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to live an integrated life of integrity. And when we mess up, we are going to go to our good God and ask for repentance. When we hurt people, we're going to go to them. We're going to own it. That's integrity. An integrated, integrated life. This is our goal, right? With the help of the Holy Spirit to honor God with every part of our lives and to go to him in repentance when we fall short so that our lives ultimately bring honor to him. Because that's our goal. That's our goal is to bring honor to God, to have a life that honors God. And so I want to give you three principles today for pursuing an identity of integrity. Come on, how many of you want to have an identity of integrity, to be a person that can be described? And what a wonderful thing if someone would describe you as a, that, that person's a person of integrity. When they think of you, they think of someone who has Integrity. I want to give you three principles for pursuing an identity of integrity. I want to invite you to take some notes today. Put these in your notes and you can revisit this over this next week as we get prayed up for this new year. Here's, here's the first one. You got to remember what your integrity is worth. Come on, we got to make that personal. Read that out loud with me. Remember what my integrity is worth. So let me ask you this question. What's the price of your integrity? What's the price of your integrity? You say, Pastor, what does that mean? My, my integrity doesn't have, doesn't have a price tag. Well, let me ask it to you this way. What causes you to compromise your integrity? Because whatever causes you to compromise your integrity, well, that is the price tag of your integrity. See, if you cheat on your taxes, the money that you save, well, that is the price of your integrity. If you're dishonest in business, if you overcharge someone in business, that is the price of your integrity. If you don't do good work, that's the price of your integrity. If you flirt with someone who's not your spouse and you get a little bit of affirmation out of it, that little feel-good feeling that you got, that's the price of your integrity. There's a price tag, right? There's a price tag on, on our integrity. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9 says this, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. I love this word picture here. The writer of Proverbs says, Whoever walks in integrity, that's somebody who walks securely. You know what that means? They walk with a clear conscience. They don't have to worry about being found out, unlike those who take crooked paths, right? Who, who don't have peace of mind. The writer of Proverbs is, is telling us that our integrity is worth something. Peace of heart, peace of mind. Come on, what price tag would you put on having the peace of mind in your life? P peace in your heart. Let me put it to you this way. A short-term gain from compromised integrity isn't worth a long-term loss of peace in your life. Come on, I'm gonna step out the way so somebody can take a picture of that because that's gonna help you get your new year off to a better start. A short-term gain from compromised integrity is never worth a long-term loss of peace. There are some people with enough experience in this church building right now who can tell you amen because they've lived this lesson. They've learned this lesson. When I thought about this, I thought about a certain vendor who did some work here at our build-out here at 181. I won't name this person, and I won't even say what kind of work they did here, but I'll just tell you they did some extensive work in this building. And as I interacted with this person, and as I had questions, and as there, was, there were things to fix inevitably whenever you're working in a building, this person would quite often say things like, well, to be honest with you, well, I could have lied to you, but, but I told you the truth. And you know, I made a mental note of that because I thought, you know, honest people don't say, well, I could have lied to you, but I told you the truth. No, 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 honest people just tell the truth. 
out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hello, sometimes people will tell you what's going on in their heart. You know what I'm saying? Come on, it's New Year's Day. I came to preach this morning. You just listen to people. Just be quiet sometimes when you're taking notes. When you're doing business with people, they will tell you what's going on in their heart, right? And so honest people don't have to tell you, well, I could have lied to you, but I told you the truth. No, they just tell the truth. And I begin to realize, like, for this guy, lying is an option. He keeps it in his back pocket. He uses that as an option every now and then. Well, no surprises, this person ended up stiffing us. There was some repair work that they were supposed to do that they never did, okay? Now, I'm sure in that person's mind, it's a short-term gain, right? I moved on to the next customer. I made money. I'm too busy making money elsewhere. But I want you to know, in reality, it's a long-term loss for him because pastors may not be monetarily wealthy, but we are relationally wealthy. And he missed out on a whole lot of recommendations I could have given him over this next year. You think he's going to get those recommendations now? No, he's not because he doesn't have a good name with me. He didn't do good business. In fact, the writer of Proverbs said this, Proverbs 22, verse 1, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Come on, this this matters. What is the value of your reputation, church? What is your integrity worth to you? Maybe it's having the respect of the people who know you most. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to be respected by the people who know, who know me most. My inner circle of friends, my family. Maybe it's the peace of mind that comes from knowing that you did the right thing, even when it wasn't the easy thing. How many of you know that sometimes the right thing is not always the easy thing? Maybe it's going to bed at night with a clear conscience that you can lay your head on the pillow and say, it may not have been easy. I may have had to go through some difficult things. I may have made, I made the right decision, even though it wasn't easy, but it is well with my soul. There's a value in that. There's a value in that. Come on, remember what your integrity is worth. Remember what your integrity is worth in the way you talk, in the way you treat people, in the way you, you do business with people. Here's the second thing. We're talking about pursuing an identity of integrity. We want to be people of integrity. We want to make, we want to make choices that strengthen our integrity so that this time next year, we have more integrity than we have now, that our integrity is structurally sound because we've made wise decisions. Here's the second thing. Number two, choose to be honest with yourself. Come on, choose to be honest with yourself. I heard it said once that the worst lies we tell are the lies we tell ourselves because we often end up believing them. You got to choose to be honest with yourself. Now, that sounds easy enough, doesn't it? That, That sounds like a pretty easy point. But herein lies the challenge because we have an amazing capacity as human beings for self deception. How many of you have discovered this that we can talk ourselves into believing things? Like, we're really good at justifying our decisions and our desires. We say things like, it's no big deal. It's not hurting anyone. I'm in control. Everybody else is doing it, right? These are the things we say to ourselves. We have a a way of justifying things to ourselves. When it comes to being honest with yourself, Pastor Andy Stanley, he came up with a really powerful, clarifying question. Oh, this is so good. He said, when you're trying to make a a decision and it's difficult, you're not sure what to do, here's a good question to ask yourself. Am I telling myself the truth or am I selling myself a regret? Am I telling myself the truth or am I selling myself a regret? How many of you have noticed that making the, the, the right decision often isn't hard? Like making the right decision, like, you know, usually if you're doing the right thing, like you just have peace of heart, right? And you have a clear conscience. But often when we're making the wrong decisions, we have to talk ourselves into that. Anybody ever notice that? You ever negotiate with yourself into making the wrong decision and then you justify the whole process to yourself? Am I telling myself the truth 
Or am I selling myself a regret? When, when I'm in this relationship with this person, I keep telling myself how wonderful they are, how good they are for me, but my parents are worried about them. My friends are worried about them. My life group is worried about them. Everybody keeps saying, I don't know if that's the right person for you. Am I telling myself the truth or am I selling myself a regret? When I got this shiny new thing in front of me and I'm convincing myself to sign this lease, even though something inside of me is saying, maybe I, I can't afford this, right? Am I telling myself the truth or am I selling myself a, a regret? When it comes to this habit that I keep telling myself, oh no, it's fine. It's just something I do every now and then. It's just a guilty pleasure. I have it under control. Am I telling myself the truth or am I selling myself a regret? Now, why is being honest with ourselves so difficult. Well, guess what? The prophet Jeremiah told us, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, here's what he said. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Come on, Jeremiah, just calls it what it is. Like the human heart is wicked. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. That's offensive, Pastor Jeremy. I have a good heart. We say things like this, don't we? That person has a heart of gold. Come on. We think of ourselves that way. But in actuality, Without Christ, how many of you know we do not have a good heart apart from Christ? Like we have a sinful heart that needs to be redeemed. I have a good heart is the message of our culture. It is not the message of the gospel. It is not the message of scripture. I'm not trying to pick on you and put you down. I'm just saying Jesus came to planet earth for a reason. Are we paying attention, right? Because the human heart needed to be changed. The human heart needed to be redeemed. It's the message of our culture that says that you have a good heart as long as you're a good person, as long as you're sincere in whatever choices you make and you're happy right? As long as you're sincere and you're happy. Well, guess what? You can be sincerely wrong. <laughs> you can be sincerely racist. You can be sincerely materialistic, right? You can be sincerely wrong. And, and here's the other thing. Often what, makes us well, often what makes us happy is sinful. How many of you know there's a scripture that says there is pleasure in sin for a season? Sin often feels really good. <laughs> be careful paying attention too much to, to listening to your, your, your feelings. Your feelings will justify things. Your mind will justify things. Do the work of being honest with yourself. Probe the motives of your heart. Learn to ask yourself this question, why? Like, why am I really wanting this thing? Why am I really doing that thing? What's really behind this? Come on, be honest with yourself. Get alone in prayer and do the work of the heart. Get a couple layers down and really be honest with what your real motivation is behind that decision. Is this helping anybody today? Here's the third thing. We're talking about becoming people of integrity. Man, I want Redemption Community Church to be a church full of people who have integrity, who are growing in their integrity, one decision at a time. Here's the third thing. Number three, rely on the grace of God. I'm thankful for this point this morning. Rely on the grace of God. Don't just try harder. Don't just practice positive psychology. Rely on the grace of God. Here's what the psalmist said, Psalm chapter 86, verse 11. He said, teach me, this is King David, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Come on, we gotta rely on the grace of God because here, here's the reality, here's the bad news. We're gonna mess up sometimes. How many of you know how, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much effort we put in, every now and then we're gonna mess up, we're gonna fall short. Now, the less often, the better, but the reality is we're gonna make decisions from time to time throughout the course of this next year that don't fully line up with our stated values. That's probably gonna happen. 
Okay, we're gonna lose our temper. We're gonna be slightly dishonest. We're gonna do something that we shouldn't do. We're gonna talk ourselves into a bad decision. But aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit at work in, in your life? Some of you are thinking about some decisions you made this past year, right about now. Maybe some choices you made in the past few weeks. Aren't we thankful for the grace of God? The, the good news is, is that God is faithful even when we're not. God is faithful when we're not. Look at this. Look at what David said. He said, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on whose faithfulness? Your faithfulness. Not that I may rely on my good works. Not that I may rely on my perfect church attendance. Not that I may rely on my efforts, striving really hard. No, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Do you know what we call God's faithfulness when we're not faithful? That's called grace. Come on, that's another way of describing grace. When God is faithful in your life, even when you're not faithful, when he blesses you, even though you don't deserve it, when he forgives you, even though you did nothing to deserve it, when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to love you, to save you while you were yet a sinner. Hello, that's called grace. When God is faithful, even when we're not faithful, God is good. Come on. The good news is that God is, is faithful. That's the gospel that Jesus did for you, which you could not do for yourself. He lived a sinless life on your behalf. He fulfilled the commandments. He went to the cross to pay for your sins. He was resurrected to give you new life. And it's the goodness and the mercy of God that changes your heart. Come on. I got good news for you. I want to encourage somebody today. Just walk with Jesus long enough. Just trust him long enough. And guess what? Over time, he'll begin to change your heart. He'll begin to change your heart so that your heart wants the things of God, so that your heart wants the things that God wants for you. I love what the, what the psalmist said. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, guess what? If you delight yourself in the Lord, he begins to change the desires of your heart so that you want the things of God. And so that's the power of the gospel, that it changes us from the inside out. When we realize how well we've been loved, we realize how God loved us despite our sins that changes our heart. The psalmist said this, give me an undivided heart that I may fear, read honor, that I may honor your name. What's an undivided heart? This is a heart of integrity. This scripture is about integrity. Remember, we said the root of this word integrity, it's wholeness, right? It's to live with, with a sense of wholeness that we're honoring God with every decision, every aspect of our lives. There are no compartments. It all belongs to God. This is a heart of integrity. It's a heart that's fully devoted to God. Remember the great commandment, right? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, to love my neighbor as myself. God, every part of my life, my heart is not divided. My heart is not divided. And so let me ask you this question. What's been competing for your heart? What's been competing for your heart? Let's have an honest moment. Sunday, January 1st, sitting in church. We've all got things that are competing for our heart. Therein lies the struggle. What is it for you? Is it lust? Is it, is it money? Is it insecurity? Is it pride? Is it other people's opinions? Come on, there's a sense today, God, I'm throwing myself on your mercy. God, I'm throwing myself on your grace. God, I'm inviting you to change my heart because I want my heart to be fully devoted to you. No compartments, no compromise. Everything I have, everything belongs to you so that my life would bring glory to your name. Every decision, God every aspect of my life. I'm inviting your mercy. I'm inviting your grace. And I got good news for you. The grace of God is transformative. 
It won't just cover you. It's not just transactional. It's transformational. It'll change your heart. You really get a hold of this truth that God loves you as you are, that God loves you even on the days when you blow it. God loves you on the days when you make the wrong decision. God loves you on the days when your decisions don't line up with your integrity. You really get that in your heart. His grace gets inside of you and it changes you from the inside out. Let me end with this story this morning. Just a moment, we're gonna pray and we're gonna prepare to receive communion. I heard a story about a carpenter and I don't know if this this story is true or if it's a parable, but either way, it's powerful. I heard a story about a carpenter who was a, a great man of integrity. He was a home builder. He built excellent homes. He did excellent work, used great materials. His boss could always trust him. This guy had a great reputation. He built houses for many years and his reputation preceded him. And then he got old and tired and decided to retire. And so he retired, but his boss came to him and pleaded with him to build one last house. And he didn't really want to. He was so tired from building houses, but because his boss pleaded with him, he agreed to build one final house. But the problem is his heart wasn't in it. And so for the very first time, he skimped. He didn't do the best work on the foundation. He didn't use the best materials. He cut corners thinking, this is the final house I'm gonna do. Nobody will ever notice. Well, when the house was complete, his boss came to him and said, hey, I have a surprise for you because of all of your hard work over the years, this house is my gift to you for all of your hard work over the years. Church, listen to me, lock in for a moment. We are building our lives one decision at a time, day in and day out with this new year ahead of us. It's made up of days and weeks and months and decisions, one decision at a time. One decision at a time. Come on, we have, a, we have an opportunity before us with this new year to begin to make decisions that strengthen our integrity, to decide to be people of integrity, people who live with wisdom, people who honor God with every aspect of our lives. Come on, with the grace of God to cover us, with the mercy of God, the goodness of God to cover us. Let's strive for an identity of integrity before we sell ourselves another regret this year. Let's learn to ask the integrity question. We're gonna put it up for you one more time. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Am I being honest with myself? And the really part is important because that's the part where you get really gut level honest about your motivations. What's really behind this decision? What's really going on in my heart? Why don't I have peace? Why am I trying to convince myself? Because often the right thing to do will bring, will bring you peace. And so I wanna end with a prayer, a wonderful prayer that we can pray this morning that's so captures the essence of what we're talking about today. It's a prayer of King David from Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24. This is what he said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think it would be wonderful for us to pray that prayer together this morning. Just pray it out loud. Come on, church online, if you're watching, just pray it out loud. Let's pray this together. One, two, three. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Would you stand with me this morning? Come on, we're gonna make that our prayer today. All over this place today, we're dedicating our hearts. 
We're dedicating our decisions. We're dedicating every part of our lives for his glory. It's not about me, God, but it's about you. I want to honor you in this year. Would you just pray with me? Just bow your head. Maybe you want to lift your hands. God, we're coming to you today on this first day of this new year, offering ourselves to you, consecrating ourselves to you, inviting you to search our hearts today, God, to search our hearts, to know our anxious thoughts, God. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. God, we're praying that you would make us a person of integrity. Come on, somebody needs to make that personal today. Somebody's facing a decision. Somebody's been wrestling with an area of compromise. Would you just pray it today? By faith, God, make me a person of integrity. God, I want to follow you with my whole life. God, to love you better and to know you more. God, to love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength everything in me, God, to walk with you, to hear your voice in this new year, to know you, God. One decision at a time. I pray for the person right now who they're in the midst of a difficult decision, a decision that's been causing them to lose peace, maybe wrestling with an area of compromise. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this message. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to their heart. God, may they hear your voice clearly. May you order their steps. May you bring the right voices into their lives today. God, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We thank you for it. Father, I bless your people. We give this new year to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.